All right. Welcome back to another Thirsty Thursday. This is episode four of Thirsty Thursday. A lot of familiar voices. I was going to say familiar faces, but that wouldn't have made sense. So a lot of familiar voices, but we will go through the list uh, and you can introduce yourself just real quickly and mostly so just people know how you sound. And we'll start with Emilio. Hello, everybody. I'm Emilio and uh, I'm feeling good. Fourth week of quarantine. Nice. Brandon. Hey, this is Brandon. I have a YouTube channel called This Is Tech Today, and I'm using a different microphone this year. So hopefully, or this year, wow, uh, this week. So hopefully it sounds good. <laughs> time is flying. Oh my God. That's how fast time is going right now. <laughs> this is the longest week of all time. I know. <laughs> uh, David. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Um, hi, I'm guessing I'm introducing myself. Uh, Yes, David, I write for Android Authority and also make videos for them. And this week has been quite long. Yeah, longer than uh, longer than the previous three weeks, I would say. Nice. But welcome to know. the actually, this is this your second this is your second Thursday Thursday, right? Yeah, David? I, I missed the in between episodes. Yeah, no, it's all good. We can bounce around. I guess I can't bounce around, but everybody else can come back whenever they want or not come. Uh, John, go ahead. Hey guys, my name is John. Um, Brandon, you're not wrong for saying that because each month feels like its own year, but happy to be here with you boys. We've got a first time joiner, Mr. Wayne Jones. Hey, how's it going? Uh, my name is Wayne and I'm a web developer and content creator based in New York City. Hope everyone is having a safe quarantine. Yeah. Thank you, Wayne, and welcome. Glad you could join. Thanks. Uh, Aaron, go ahead, Mr. Bagel. What's up? My name is Aaron. I go by Aaron Bagel Online. Uh, I'm a photographer from the Netherlands. And I'm also using a different mic setup this time around. So if I sound like garbage compared to previous podcasts, I am sorry. Uh, I hope you still love me. Uh, yeah, that's you it. Know, I, still love Aaron, I still love you. Aaron, it's interesting because it would be really unfortunate if you're gluten intolerant because your name is Aaron Bagel. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? I'll, Dad I'll jokes. Give you, I'll, I'll give you this. I haven't actually uh, had anyone make that joke before. Like you're literally the first one to say it, even though it's such an obvious one. So I'm I surprised. Yeah, okay. I commend you for that. I pat myself on the back. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, <laughs> yeah, give the man some applause. He deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! I, I, I gotta load up a, a plaza of sound effect for this. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. this fail applause. Last but certainly not least, Mr. Kevin. Uh, yeah, my name is Kevin. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, oh, no. and these Thirsty Thursdays help me get through the week and look forward to something. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I feel the same way. And Fran just brought me a slice of pizza, so this day got even better. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Did Kevin say something? Oh, no. Can you not hear Kevin? No. It's okay. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> it's all yeah. good. So I can't, I can't hear John either. I mean, it's either. not all right, but I mean, like, so, you know. Yeah, we'll just chat. Okay. All right, yeah. So that, for the listeners, we kind of have a little bit of tech uh, issues here and there with Zencaster. It's just part of the charm, I guess, now of Thursday, Thursday. So I guess Kevin and John, you guys are going to try and chat together in the chat room that actually exists within this chat itself. So it's chatception. And hopefully it won't get too nuts when either of you guys are, try are trying to talk and you don't talk over each other. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Listen, we're not going for high polished here. Let's just have some fun, have a conversation. For sure. Perfect. Emilio, how you doing, buddy? 
Uh, everything okay. I can say that I'm about uh, five pounds fatter because you post these amazing <laughs> posts with uh, homemade pizzas. And I had the very big idea to create my own homemade pizzas. And thank you, Patrick. Thank you so much. So yeah, they, You're they, welcome. <laughs> they, the week went with cooking. And uh, also a lot of uh, creation going on and uh, brainstorming and thinking of new projects like we don't have anything else to do. So <laughs> this is the week for me. Yeah, I mean, the cooking, we, I think we might have talked about this even before. The cooking is just an easy way to like get your mind off something, but it also feels like you created something. It's like I can't really like go build a house or something or whatever. Like my, the only way I can really use my hands is either with like cameras or food. The good, the good thing with cooking also is that you start, okay, you have the idea. Then you start building and creating this idea. So, for example, on the homemade pizza, the, the first thing is that you had to make the dough. Then you had to wait for the dough. One hour, two hours, four hours. I know, I know the recipe said 24 hours, but I want to eat it, you know? So, you never hold. And I don't know, have you hold for 24 hours for the dough? It's it's a patience game. It's the hardest part of all cooking I've found. Because I, I mean, we 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 cooked a lot before quarantine and lockdown and stuff. But like now, we're cooking a whole lot more. Like even today, I took a break from editing and I made homemade gnocchi, <laughs> uh, like from like literally from scratch. Like boiled potatoes, put flour and egg, and then rolled them all out, sliced them, cut them up, and like that was you know it only took me like an hour. But like I could have easily just ordered something on Uber Eats and it would have been here in fifteen minutes, right? Uh, let um, me ask you, it, it, why why do you think this happened to us? Like so much master safe inside us. <laughs> well, I know personally, I'm watching a lot of Master Chef. We've Me been too. like five five seasons of Master Chef. <laughs> like I never watched reality TV before this lockdown. I actually hated reality TV before the lockdown, and now it's one of the only things that I can actually sit down to watch and look forward to watching, which is very bizarre. Um, but I think it's just so silly and kind of like it doesn't matter a whole lot that it's just a good escape. For me, it's an escape. And I think that's what I find with cooking as well. And also the funny thing is that we have the master safe in Greece, right? And it's this period. But we don't stop there. Like uh, we're watching master safe Greece, then we go master safe US, then master safe Canada, then the restaurants on Ed's, the other Netflix show in Canada. And like we, we can't stop on the restaurants and cooking shows. Yeah. What okay. we need to do now is we need, everybody got everybody in this chat basically has to do like we have to do like MasterChef top comment or MasterChef Thirsty Thursday. Actually, YouTube MasterChef would be awesome. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, this uh, guys, are you in that for that? I mean, hell yeah. I, mean, I already made pasta at home yesterday. Uh, definitely inspired by our boy Patrick here. So, uh, I mean, I guess I'm already in for the game, right? We have to do it. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> police. Okay. Make it a food photography competition. Like, who can make the best homemade pasta? Take photos, upload them to Twitter, and we'll have the audience vote. Nah, I love it. Does it count if it's like box pasta? This is not gonna be fair. Like, who who can against Patrick, dude? Like, he's doing that for so many years. I don't know. Photographing other restaurants. You guys are turning me into like a chef. Like, now I'm doing pour overs because of Aaron. Now I'm working on like pasta and pizza because of Patrick. And I'm like. I'm becoming like an efficient adult finally. And I, like, I don't know why it took this to make that happen, but him. I'm happy. What so. happened? <laughs> Kevin, I think, so John, John was talking. Did you hear each other or no? <laughs> Should I refresh and just come back? I don't know. John's good, but we lost a few people. So uh, I think I mean, they're I either refreshing you. or they disappeared. No, they're back. Never mind. I think we're okay. Okay. Oh. Patrick, our host <laughs> is actually the one who's falling away. <laughs> oh, oh now you guys aren't even hearing me. I no, can hear you now. I, hear you. I, I can hear you. I can hear you. 
Okay. Yeah, as think, long as you can hear me. I, I think, think you went away. <laughs> <laughs> what if we all just, maybe it's a Black Mirror episode, and we all just end up in this chat at the end of this all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listener, I have to ask you a question. Is this quality content? <laughs> this, is, this is high quality content. Don't, I'm either don't lose, losing this. subscribers or gaining a whole bunch right now. I can't decide. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many snacks in front of me, and I want to. I want to eat them, but I need Stop. someone to like take over. Stop. Emilio, take over. You're 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 the admin now. I'm the admin. Okay. Yeah, you're admin. David, how was your week? Well, uh, pretty busy. <laughs> um, weirdly enough, there's a lot of stuff launching right now. Uh, I think the last time I was both on this podcast and before the podcast when Patrick and I did a solo cast, it was kind of still this dead zone between um, and between CES and MWC. Mm-hmm. But now everything got canceled. <laughs> and then there was this weird space of uncertainty where nothing was happening. And so it was very quiet and weird and eerie. But then it feels like the tech space in general is kind of booting back up to normal. I think that's probably a big portion because like a lot of the factories in China are are operating again. Uh, But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been busy. I have like a bunch of embargoed stuff coming out next week and that's good, I guess. Like it's good to keep your mind busy because without much to write about and make videos about, it's it's difficult to get through the day. (laughs) Also in Android Central, then the name is Android, but you also discuss for Apple products, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm reviewing the iPhone SE on, or well, I get it tomorrow, and okay. I'm reviewing it next week. Yeah. Sorry for the noob question, but I had to ask. You know, Android Central. No, no, no. <laughs> we um we just started reviewing Apple products like with the iPhone 11 Pro. Actually, I have never used it. Well, I hadn't. I'd never really used an iPhone before the 11 Pro, which is yeah. <laughs> but yeah, don't, don't tell that to Patrick. Well, uh, he knows. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> know. oh, I know. Don't worry about No, him and Jackson won't let me into their secret group chats because I don't have uh, iMessage. So. Ah, okay, okay. So, so, so you have the ticket, right? <laughs> yeah, well, the problem is I can't stay on one phone for more than like a week because I get shifted to another one for work. Just imagine so. their worst situations. I'm stuck in a phone for the last seven years. So, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to get Patrick <laughs> on Telegram, but I don't think he'll ever move over. Oh, he is. Well, I have it. I have No, I have Telegram. I just, I, I actually turned notifications off for almost everything the last oh. little while. Like I just have zero notifications coming in. That's which is actually really good. nice to be honest. That's very good. <laughs> I should, yeah, it's, it's very Zen. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been good. I've, I've been doing a lot of film photography stuff recently too. Um, and just doing like quarantine walk stuff. And I have a lab in my apartment that I'm developing in. So it's been fun. That's I great. want a lab of, of any sort. I just want a lab. It could be a meth lab. could be anything. <laughs> Breaking bud. <laughs> now well, you're if, you have the correct, uh, if you have the correct materials, I could always make some meth in here. So. Is that what that whistling is? <laughs> Guys, yeah, please. That's my, oh, he's boy. He's that's my meth figured machine. it out. My meth that machine. explains everything. That's what you're doing. You're boiling meth. That's what I mean. <laughs> hey, man, yeah. these are desperate times, desperate measures. You know, we got to have a side hustle. <laughs> yeah. Got to make some money. Is it blue yet? <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody get that magic keyboard yet? 
because uh, I'm curious about it. Oh my god, man! Mine's I ordered it. I pre-ordered it the day that it came live in Canada, and it still says it's not shipping till like between tomorrow and May first, right? Which is like super frustrating. But I mean, everything I watched about it, it's like it's exactly what I wanted to, yeah. for the most part. Um, it's just really expensive. Like it's so damn expensive. It cost me. It cost like four hundred bucks Canadian. Which yeah. is nuts. Yeah, Classic I was looking Apple. at them. I didn't realize it was that much. One thing that I would really like, what I haven't really seen. Are you seen, even planning on like I mean, using I know some regularly? of the earlier gen iPads had something similar to it, but because I do a lot of like illustration and use the Apple Pencil a lot as well, I'd like to be able to kind of like have it fixed at like more at an like an angle, but with some support because I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but right now it just seems like there's no... The, like none of the cases really like even the one that i have right now is a logitech it's kind of like at a 70 degree angle ish or something like that but i kind of wanted a little lower where it has some support so if there was like something that could make it go at, at a at a uh, smaller angle where i could still draw i don't know yeah i have actually I, right now i have that logitech one too right the slim folio or whatever it's called where it's got the <laughs> keyboard it's kind of bulky right like it's got like a it's a it's a case more than it is just a keyboard some, um, I, I, it annoys me to be honest. It's uh, it was a recommendation that I got from Isaac from Canoopsy because it was like probably one of the only keyboards that actually felt like a laptop. Yeah, because I hate I hate the normal smart keyboard those like dummy yeah. keys that it has on it. Yeah, or gummy gummy keys I guess. Yeah, but I don't know. It's like I don't know. I, there's a, what I consider the new keyboard case to be is a docking station for the iPad. It's not something that you would like. You use it and then you're like, oh, I'm going to start drawing on it and let me just like grab it with the keyboard and everything and start using it that way. It's more right. like I'll place it on there. I'll use it as a keyboard and then I'll pull it off to use it in tablet mode like I'm holding a clipboard or something like that, right? Sure, yeah. And so I, I kind of see it more as a docking station more than I see it as like this portable keyboard. But of course, like you can put it in your backpack and walk around and wrap, wrap whatever with it. But I think their idea was like we wanted to make something that's like really sturdy, really good that feels like it really does feel like you're using a laptop when it's in the key, in the case, I guess, yeah. or on the case. Yeah. And then when you want to use an iPad, which is how you should probably use an iPad, which is with nothing on it, you just sure. pull it off real quick, right? Yeah, exactly. One of the only things that I liked about having a Surface Pro, probably the only thing I had it for like a year and a half, um, was that little um, the built-in notch or the built-in thing. Like it's like a a support you just pull it out and then you can go at a super steep angle where it's probably like 10 degrees off of the table off the flat plane and it's, it's really cool that, yeah like a little kickstand it's really cool that i don't i don't want that in an ipad personally i don't think i would want a kickstand but it's like a case that would give me an option for that i just feel like it's cool because sometimes i don't really like holding the ipad and drawing on my lap or just flat down onto the table. There are times, actually most of the time, where I really do prefer to like draw it probably like a uh, 10 to 20 degree angle, kind of like off the flat surface plane, just a little bit elevated. Because right now the way it is, it's just like I have to like, my, my arm is like on the keyboard right now if I try, and it's just like sitting there as opposed to like, you know, avoiding that. I don't know. It's it's not like, for me, it's not like, oh, fuck, fuck the new iPad keyboard. I love it. I think it looks amazing. It's just one of those things where if it was an option for like a, like a separate style, I don't know. I feel like it's... Yeah, just, I mean like... Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go, go. I, uh, I feel... <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. <laughs> Cla- classic you know I'm going. Comments. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I said goodbye, sir. No, I feel like... Um, I feel like what it kind of boils down to is to like you want all of the functionalities of a proper keyboard, but you don't want any of the extra bulk. And I think yes. I don't know. I think it was Tyler Stallman who was uh, talking about like how that that thick kind of like well, I'm not sure what it is. It is like a bezel or an edge 
on the new um, keyboard stand that was kind of bothering him or someone at least that I remember. And I feel like that just made me think about like, how can you strip that away? How can you like basically add zero bulk, but all of the functionality? And I don't know if you guys remember this, but there used to be this TV show on, I think it was MTV called Room Raiders, where they would like uh, uh, get people to uh, go into someone else's dorm room, whatever, and just explore and see if they would like like this person or not based on their items. And at some point, they started logging into their like computers as well, and they had these like kind of USB flash drives that projected a keyboard onto like someone's desk. So we just have a projection of a keyboard wherever, and you could type wherever. Uh, imagine if something like that made a return. So you literally have zero added bulk. Uh, you just put your iPad up on a stand. You get your keyboard projected onto whatever surface you're on if you need it. But if you don't, you can just go straight back into drawing and you know uh, having basically like the touchscreen functionalities that an iPad is kind of built around. I feel like that could be a cool thing. I think Steve Jobs would turn into a zombie. <laughs> if that ever it ever happened I've, yeah i've seen like those like projection keyboards before it's interesting that like not like i know exactly what you're talking about but it's kind of weird that none of them ever really took off i've never tried one obviously in real life but I, part of me kind of maybe thinks is like if it hasn't taken off and they already exist i wonder if there's it's just like not like sometimes you just want to feel a keyboard it's the same issue with like tapping on the actual ipad itself if you want is a keyboard like Anytime I'm messaging someone or someone's iMessaging me and they're having a whole bunch of mistakes, they usually end up saying, sorry, I'm on the iPad. Because it's, it's like so hard to type on the stupid screen. I mean, um, I, I feel like with the, with the iPad, it's also you pretty much are confined to typing with like four digits. Like I cannot use all my 10 fingers to, to type on an iPad. Whereas with a Mac, obviously, like the whole t- keyboard is kind of designed around that. Uh, but you, you kind of like lose half of your... I don't know, digit real estate, if you will, uh, when you're typing on a tablet. And I feel like that is al- always like room for error. Yeah, even like David and I even talked about this on the solo podcast that him and I did, where it's just like, I don't know if I really want the iPad to be a computer anyways. You know, like I like the iPad being the iPad and I like that I can use a mouse now. And of course, I like that there's a keyboard. And I think the mouse has actually unlocked a lot of more potential for that for this device uh, to use in the future. But at the same time, I'm also hesitant of being like, I still love macbook pros and i still love a mac pro or a desktop or whatever because it's like there's just a different way of experiencing the computer when you can multitask and have all these windows open and swipe between things and whatnot that just doesn't exist on the ipad and they're like for me i feel like the ipad is a great accessory to the macbook pro and in a weird way the macbook pro or any desktop computer is a great except excuse me i just choked on a nacho <clears throat> it's a great accessory uh, to the iPad. So they kind of they kind of need each other. Like I feel like you need like you need both devices. I would never and I worked in Apple store for a long time when iPads were super popular and we never recommended someone an iPad unless it was just like purely a consumption device and like minor creations where it's like you just got to edit photos here and there or you got to put a quick video together and whatnot. But if you got to do anything kind of powerful, I think even today even with the maxed out whatever you can with an iPad Pro 2020, I would still say you need a desktop computer to get the full experience of what you can do with video and all these different things oh yeah i just think it's like weird it's it's so it's it feels like they they took an idea which the original ipad was they were like this is just a tablet and then over the years like people have just been like wanting it to be more and more like a computer and they just keep adding parts and adding parts and like sure this is the best like version of it so far but then there's just these weird relics right like the like the um front-facing camera 
if you're using it with the, yeah. <laughs> if you're using it with the keyboard, the front facing camera is on the far left. <laughs> it's like what? That's so. It strange. looks so stupid. It looks so stupid when you do like a FaceTime or a video <laughs> yeah. call because you're not you're not looking at the right spot. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah, it's just it like that's a relic that's not going to go away. So it's very strange. And then until they get you know a camera under the display and they can put it in the center, I don't. It, it's just weird. It, it's so weird. It does feel like they're kind of designing themselves into a corner and it, maybe it's the market kind of pushing them that way because maybe, maybe it's just the audience that wants those specific things. But it's like, that's an answer where you're like, what do they do? Do they put two cameras? They put one on the right side of the display, one on the top. So portrait and landscape or whatever, like all these kind of things feels like weird compromises to the end where it just either, either the iPad becomes the new MacBook pro or the MacBook pro becomes an iPad. You know what I mean? Like it becomes like an arm processor, which is probably inevitable at this point. But like OS wise, I don't know what the hell their roadmap is because they either they can't decide if they want the Mac OS to be like iPad or iOS, so they can't decide that iPad OS should be like Mac OS. Like, and that's where I think the whole Frankenstein thing falls apart for me. Yeah, where it's just like everything's kind of falling apart because it doesn't nothing matches really well and nothing is exactly perfect on either. And there's this weird mishmash period that we're in right now where mm-hmm. it's kind of frustrating with both devices. And you know, the, the funny thing is that I hear that Final Cut and Logic are going to come in iPad. And what I keep thinking in my mind is that all this pros- processing and all the new plugins and the effects that they don't work with Intel Iris, okay, and they need the dedicated uh, graphics card to do them. How they're gonna put that in iPad? So are they gonna create a new version of Final Cut just for iPad OS? This comes very, you know, we have many questions about what the future is gonna be, and probably what you said that we might have a MacBook Pro that is gonna be touchable as well, you know, with a touch screen. Mm. Maybe this is something yeah. that they're they're getting ready. Yeah, I'm just so curious the- about what the motivation is behind, like you know has the iPad become more like a computer to compete with like surfaces? And if they keep going down this route, are they going to, is this going to be problematic for Apple down the road? Cause it's like, okay, people are buying iPads, iPhones and MacBooks because they were all, you know, very separate, different devices. But now if you're bridging the gap between iPad and MacBook, are people going to stop buying Macs or are people going to stop buying iPads if they're too similar? And then, Will that hurt Apple as far as like a business in terms of their sales because of that? It's like, well, why would I get a MacBook when I, get, when I can just get an iPad now? Or why would I get an iPad when I can just get the MacBook and it has everything else I need? So it's like, I'm wondering, I mean, if somebody's like super into tech and all this, I know David is, um, how would that affect them? You know? Yeah, well, Apple, their whole shtick for so long when Steve Jobs was around was to actually eat up their own market. So you have the iPod and then they launched the iPhone. So they're trying mm-hmm. to replace their own devices before someone else did that. And so that would be a sign of strength if they did that or confidence. Uh, but if they're not doing that, that is uh, kind of a before our Steve Jobs returned. It's kind of like them coasting and you should be concerned about Apple in many ways because they're not really innovating or, or taking the mm-hmm. risks that they need to. It's the idea of like putting themselves out of business, like to be that next thing instead of somebody else being it. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, look at BlackBerry. They they kept mm-hmm. thinking like, oh yeah, we'll be fine. And then no one thought that they would just fall off the map, but they're pretty much irrelevant now. Right. Yeah. Nobody ever does uh, until that thing does come and it's like, oh shit, here we go. So that's a good point. Yeah. I feel like it also... For what? Uh, no, no. 
I've, I've talked uh, before. It's your turn, Wayne. Come on. I was going to say, going off of what Brendan said um, with Apple eating its own market, what I see with the iPad, um, it might turn out to be, I guess, future um, iterations of the iPad might be a tablet-laptop combo. Um, seeing like how Microsoft did it with um, having like a tablet OS and then... Um, once you connect it to a keyboard or like external keyboard, it turns more into a Mac OS type of um, ecosystem. Um, so that's where I kind of see um, Apple going in the future, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what like Apple's long-term plan is, but um, I could be wrong here, but I feel like most of us are uh, basically looking at this new product as uh, like, like from a photographer, videographer, content creator perspective. Um, and I feel like our demands for hardware and software are like kind of tailored to what MacBooks and iMacs can offer. And we're seeing like these iPads and the iPad Pro approach that. But I feel like if you're a designer, the whole interface of an iPad and the way it works is so much more convenient compared to a desktop where you need to use like a Wacom tablet or something to get for the same sure. like drawing experience. And I feel like for those people, like the more power they can put into an iPad and basically build that into like their kind of workstation that has like the, the tactile feel of almost being like pen and paper, but all the, the power that they need to run their hardcore design programs, like for them, that is such a huge step up compared to what is or used to be on offer up to this point. Um, but I feel like for us in the kind of hardware that we're looking at uh, or hoping to get, I feel like it's it's always gonna be more inclined to you know a desktop setup where you want to have as much screen real estate as possible. You you want your keyboard short uh, keyboard shortcuts to you know navigate Final Cut or Premiere as fast as possible and things like that. So I feel like the 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 perspective that we're coming from has always yeah they will always have like a different set of expectancies and and like what we're hoping to get out of it. And I feel like something like the iPad probably will never really offer that. Yeah, I think like something that Apple's always been really, really good at is like Halo marketing too, where it's like, yes, you can edit videos and make a podcast and do all this crazy stuff with this device, but they know that 99% of people that buy an iPad just go on Facebook and Twitter and read the news or whatever, watch Netflix. And I think like, so what they're doing is like going top of mind for people being like, oh, I need a new computer, but wait a second, Apple's saying I don't need a computer because the iPad is a computer and they know the iPad already sells really well. And most of those people already have an iPhone and they're used to it. And they're saying, well, I don't have to go buy a MacBook Pro. But then the whole thing is like, what is the future of the MacBook Pro line? What is the future of the iMac, Mac Pro, all that kind of stuff? Like clearly they're investing in it, mm-hmm. but I think they see more long-term gain in being like our device that everyone in the planet should have right now is an iPhone and an iPad. Everything else is like niche pro users, like you know, people that need a full out desktop setup, people that need like more power or whatever. And so like when that bridge gets gapped or the bridge what's the word the gap of the bridge gets closed is that how i'm saying yeah that's what i want to say when that gets closed when that gap gets closed i think it'll be i think there'll always be a bit of a frankenstein between the two of them but i think the most people like my parents don't need a macbook pro they need an ipad or an iphone they don't even need either of them to be honest but like that's that's enough and so i think the halo marketing of this whole thing of being like it's a computer is just a marketing exercise and not really saying that it is a computer it's just for like the 99 of people out there that are shopping for something new they're going at it being like, oh, yeah, I can just get an iPad. I don't need it. Because we used to do that at the Apple Store all the time. And this, that was years ago. It was always people would walk in being like, I need a brand new Mac Pro because I just check email and use Microsoft Word. 
You're like, no, you don't need any of that stuff. <laughs> Why are you going to go spend three grand when you can walk out of here for 800 bucks? Right. Having tier options for different demographics and needs. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, this is exactly what happened with uh, with the camera department. For example, there are people that can create miracles in videos with the iPhone, okay? For example, you, Patrick, or other guys from here in this group. But there's this question where, for example, I have friends that they're asking me, you know, I want to start a YouTube channel. So I'm thinking to buying the iPhone 11 Pro for that. And I'm like, are you going to create videos for that? Yeah. Are you going to talk to the camera like A-rolls? Yeah. Are you going to shoot some B-rolls of some products or gear reviews? Yeah. So go get a GH3 for that. You don't need to get the iPhone 11 Pro. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are see, are saying nowadays that I'm going to get an iPhone and I'm going to be a videographer for that. And or I'm going to get the iPad and I'm going to be a video editor on iPad when the final car is going to be available for iPad. This is wrong or this is right? I, I mean, like, look at the look at the iPhone SE as an example, right? It's like it's a fantastic camera. Perfect. And that's a, that's a $399 phone. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. And but, but to be honest, like these phones have been so good since like the iPhone 7, like, you know, the Pixel 1, Pixel 2, all those cameras are amazing. Yep. It's, it's all marketing. It's all telling you that you need the new one. You need the better one. And it's like, I have an iPhone 11 Pro and I'm still taking relatively the same photos I took when I had an iPhone 6 or an iPhone 7, whatever. Yes, it's a little clearer. It's crisper. It's got better dynamic range. But these are all things that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Just how you use the, how you use the camera and what you take a picture of. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, it's just marketing. And I, I see the same thing with the iPad. Like most of it is just marketing. The keyboard, all that stuff. Like, it's crazy. Now that more than I think about it, why the hell is that keyboard $450? Like, it's nuts. <laughs> it's classic. You can, Apple. Buy, you can buy a PC. You can buy a PC that would do probably more than the iPad for like 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also the markets with uh, the Apple and uh, the international market. For example, you're talking for the US and the Canada. If you're coming to Europe, and Aaron and I can tell you about that, for example, an iPhone 11 Pro Max, or let's take the Pro. Uh, in uh, the US, is like $1,000, right? Uh, yeah, something like that, yeah. Okay, I I'm talking about the base version, the basic. And in Greece, the same model is 1,400 euros. 1,400 euros is like uh, 1,500, 1,550. Okay. It is much more than that in Canadian. It's more, uh, it yeah, it's like 2100 Canadian or something. That's like over two grand Canadian. Yeah. yeah oh, God. Yeah. And uh, th that's something that these kind of companies, and not this kind, Apple <laughs> especially, is making the brand that when you go international, we have people here in Greece, for example, that they're going to give all that money that's also two salaries, two monthly salaries, to get a phone. To say, you see, I have the 11 Pro Max, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing with that phone? I'm taking selfies. <laughs> hey, man, if, yeah. it, if it makes them happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's two salaries, right? Yeah. Like, I know, they make them happy, but it's a lot of money. It's like the keyboard that Patrick said, 500 for a keyboard. <laughs> But I bought it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> like the consumerism of it all is that I don't, I, I, my thing with the keyboards, I feel like I was pushing into a corner because there isn't just a, an, another option out there right now that I feel like is as good as what they're offering. And so like, I have no choice and it's like a pissy thing to buy and it stings and it sucks. But at the same time, like it's doing what I wanted it to do. And I really didn't have another option for, for that. 
But then I could like go down this whole rabbit hole of being like, do I even need an iPad? No. Do I need this? Do I need that? It's like all these kinds of things. But it's like when I have it and I, it's there and I can use it, I feel great and it makes me happy. And it's one more thing that I can add to my toolkit. And if I'm privileged enough to be able to do it, then why the hell not? And it's hard. I think it's hard when you're someone who like is seen as someone who like recommends products or like whatever, as there's influence upon other people to want to buy things. There's like two sides of it. Like a lot of times I want to tell people and I get comments all the time. Like I do, I need this, do I need that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm usually on the side of being like, don't buy it. Use whatever the hell you have <laughs> you already, that you have right now. Like you don't need to go buy an 11 pro. You don't need this, all this kind of stuff. And like now that the, the SEs come out, like the SE2, I ordered an SE1 the day everyone, everybody out ordered an SE2 because I would love to make a video to be like, hey, this is a phone that cost me $90. And guess what? It's got iOS 13 on it. It's got a half decent camera that shoots 4K. It's a $90 phone. And we're all like going nuts over a $500 phone, right? And so for a lot of people, like maybe the screen's too small. Maybe there's a whole other, a lot of issues with it. I don't know yet because I don't have it. But I would love to have my thesis be proved that we're just being tied to all this marketing consumerism that, hey, of course the iPhone 8 was a good phone. You could go buy a used iPhone 8 instead of buying the SE yeah. or SE2, right? Like that's the whole kind of shit of it all. It's just like we're all sucked into it. And then if you're part of this bubble that's on YouTube and tech and everything, like you're sucked into it yourself and then you just like feed the machine and then you're part of the machine and then you're part of the problem. And it's like, <laughs> it's a whole rabbit hole that I go down qu- constantly. Cause like on one side, I'm like, I don't think anybody needs any of this crap. But the other side of it is I buy all of it, any- all of it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you are the one that told that don't buy the iPad 2020 if you have the 2018. And you said well, that. It, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like what, a 1%, it's like a 1%, it's 1% faster. You want to go drop another like 600 bucks or whatever the hell it is more on it. It makes no sense. Did you bought it? What, a light, a light, no, I didn't buy it. No, no, no. no, 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 no. I, I, bought, I bought the last year's iPad used yeah, for yeah, like yeah. dirt cheap, right? And it's like, I'll, I do that all the time, but I understand like if you have the money and you want the new one and you think you'll use that LiDAR camera or whatever, go for it. Like, why not? Um, but like for the most part, like I, this tech, like I still use a mid 2015 MacBook pro and I do pretty heavy stuff with it. And I use new cameras and everything. And yes, I would love a 16 inch MacBook pro. Absolutely. But when I see that price tag and it's always like four or five grand, when I check out, I'm like, there's no chance. Like I've bought cars for that much. <laughs> but there will be people that will buy that though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, like John said, if, if, if that makes them happy, yeah, go ahead and do it. If you have the money, go ahead and do it. But honestly, it's something like you're wasting your money. So if you can afford to waste your money, go for it. You know, I mean, I, I mean, like- if you want to pay seven hundred dollars for a set of four wheels for your uh, Mac Pro, then do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. Well, like, I don't want to comment. Ahead, oh wait, is Kevin talking? I was going to get him to talk, but go ahead. Oh, Kevin hasn't talked yet at all in the past half an hour. So let the man speak. <laughs> well. Oh, you're, I was going to say, Kevin, you have a mid 2011 MacBook Pro, right? And you make great shit with it. So like you're the prime example of how you can like stretch technology as long as you need it to. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's a mid 2012. So um, I upgraded from a mid 2010, like a year and a half ago. And for me, it's like the I've shoot on a Sony a6400. I just got a Tamron 17 to 28. So like everything that I have right now is the most technology and like the fanciest shit that I've ever had. So for me, it feels like, it feels like I'm, I'm on top of the world in a sense, you know what I mean? We're like, um, I'm just making the best things I can. So I don't know. I don't, I've never had an iPad, so I'm not sure what the, I think at the end of the day, we're paying for like convenience and speed. And I think that like making things with what you have will, um, 
go a little bit further than just always having the best top of the line stuff because it makes you I don't know for me it makes me like use use my resources a little bit more and I know like even with the limitations with the laptop um I have to take that into consideration when I shoot but Kev, yeah, you, Kevin you, it gives you a box basically Kevin do you use Adobe products at all or are you on the whole final cut train and all that uh, no, I, I use, yes, I'm sorry to answer your question. Yes, I use all of Adobe creative stuff. Um, after talking with Emilio the other day, I, I, I would like to, because um, I started in Final Cut. I got a cracked version on Pirate Bay what? years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I kind of want to go back to Final Cut because I've been having some issues with Premiere. Um, the more advanced stuff that I do, the the more problems I've been having. Yeah, because um, I was go- I was gonna ask like how so, how the hell do you run Premiere Pro on a 2012 MacBook? Like, uh, we, I was having this conversation with Patrick over the week uh, because I just keep running into so many issues with Premiere Pro, and I'm using pretty much the same MacBook as he is. He has like a slightly better spec version, and we were having this entire Twitter conversation about like what might be going wrong, and uh, um, maybe you should upgrade the RAM or whatever. And then at the end of the day, he just dropped like, oh wait. You use Premiere and I use Final Cut, and I was going to leave it there. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I feel like yeah. you could get so much more use out of your ancient hardware as long as you're not in bed with Adobe because they just suck the life out of you. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I will actually invest in in Final Cut because right now, like when I edit a video, um, if I I shoot in 4K, I edit in 4K. Um, I have to run to not have any lag. I have to run um, at an eighth quality, which I'm fine with. When I'm just chopping things up, I don't need to see the sharpness of it. Um, and then when I color grade, I'll jump up to like, um, or I'll stay in um, eighth resolution, but I will drop my paused um, resolution to half. So it doesn't like struggle to keep jumping back and forth. And then I have to export if I do any. Um, accelerated gpu or whatever the hell that's called like effects um or i scale a lot on the video then i have to just export software only and it takes 14 to 16 wow. hours yeah i so i, I just run it overnight like almost the same uh like for example when i'm trying to do some editing or i'm trying to speed ramp or uh you know do some some kind of effect i basically have to like make any adjustments i want to make render that part out specifically check how it looks and then i can I like. I probably have to make some adjustments because I cannot see what I'm doing in real time, and Dude, it's literally how, the worst. How? Yeah. How are you doing that to yourselves? Like, why? I'm, I'm a very patient person. That's why you don't hear the host of this show? Final Cut is the answer. Why you don't? You never hear him <laughs> because I'm addicted. I'm addicted to the uh, what's it called? The dynamic link that Adobe has. Like, honestly, <laughs> that. Shit. Oh, I was going to say the yeah. struggle, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the dynamic linking is amazing i love that because i use um between yeah i use illustrator and stuff like that a lot for for titles or whatever it is and um I, honestly for me like it's all like i said earlier it's it's kind of all i've ever known so it's like i know that there's like fast shit out there and better better stuff but i just don't have the the funds to um to go like buy some new stuff so um like I said, I know there's better speed and stuff like that out there, but this this for me is all I've ever really known. So, um, yeah, I just work with just, what I got. Just an advice on that: try to have the tools that they're better for your equipment, right? And if you don't, if you can't have a a fast pacing on your workflow, 
eventually you're going to get bored with that, right? So the only thing that it can get you, you know, when we're in this creative flow and this, uh, all these things that we have in mind and we want to work, if our machine can't follow us, like you told me now, 16 hours for something that probably you could complete in half an hour or an hour most, you know what I mean? Because the machine is getting mm-hmm. slower. You you have other options. You have other. And also the linking, yeah, we can work. I'm, I'm also working with Photoshop. For example, and I'm working with Final Cut and Photoshop. Okay. I, I'm not, I, I don't have the integration with that, but I can make it work out. Or, or also, if, even if I don't have a plugin that will make some tracker and tracking effects in Final Cut, yeah, I can either go to After Effects and then go back to Final Cut for the things that I might need in After Effects. Mm-hmm. Basically, more of the story, if you're yeah. new to the Apple ecosystem, just avoid Adobe at all costs and do everything using other products. And you'll have a great time. <laughs> I'm uh, on this topic of just like using what you have and new tech and whatnot. I'm curious to hear from David and Brandon with the iPhone SE because I know you guys are both really into Android stuff. And I've seen a lot of tweets from various people that use Android and love Android and whatnot, being like, it's it'd be very, very difficult for any Android manufacturer to kind of pull off what Apple did with the iPhone SE and SE2, I guess you call it. Um, and I'm curious, do you think that like, is this one of those phones where it's a bit of a turning point where the budget generic phone is now also an iPhone where previously like everyone got old Pixels or old Samsungs or whatever it was, they bought like those sub $500 Android phones. Or I know even in Canada, you can go to a gas station and buy a prepaid Android phone for like 40 bucks. And so it's like everyone seems to have iPhone envy for the most part, aside from like the hardcore tech crew. Do you see this phone making a huge dent or is it just a YouTube bubble thing where we were all hyped about it and the masses won't care as much? Uh, I should let Brandon answer first because I've kind of taken up a lot of airspace, but really, okay. We'll talk after him. Okay. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I feel like last year with the Pixel 3a when that came out, that was uh, pretty surprising. Um, it, it was kind of an underrated phone that um, has what I call the delight to dollar ratio. So you you use it and you're like, wow. How's it only this much money? Uh, so it kind of really hits the things that really matter. And I think especially right now, uh, you know, with a, a, honestly a recession that we're in, we're experiencing it. Uh, people are going to be uh, quite mindful about what they spend their money on. Um, and I think all of these phones surpassing a thousand dollars, which is just insane. Like even as a tech reviewer, I feel the sting of that because I have to buy them. And so, but that's my job, but <laughs> I still don't like it. Um, thinking about these mid-range to budget devices and seeing how dang good they are now is is kind of a, a game changer. So I think that this year and the next year and maybe the year after that, we're really going to see uh, a lot of attention given towards these budget devices for the masses, at least. I don't know what all the tech nerds you know, are, are really thinking. I think they're still focused on the specs, but I think the average consumer is thinking like, hey, that's an iPhone. Oh, it, it works well and it should last me like five years, right? Okay, I'll get that. And so that's kind of what I, I look at it. I think there, there's a, a big change that's that's happening that's good for the consumer because uh, we've reached a maturity within the market. Yeah, the, the big awkward thing right now is that the, the and I'm probably um, kind of beating the dead horse for a lot of people who know this already, but the Snapdragon 865 um, does not have a dedicated modem. And 
in order to get a modem for that chip, you have to buy the X55 modem from Qualcomm. That is a 5G modem, and it is about two times as expensive as the uh, modem that you could buy. Well, the, the modem that came with the 855. So it's super hard to make a cheap Android phone with quote-unquote flagship specs because you have to put 5G in a phone if you want the latest chipset. And I think that's it, it just shows that there needs to be more differentiation in the um, in the chipset market. You know, it's like whether you want to believe it or not, Qualcomm has got a monopoly share on Android. <laughs> like MediaTek, quote unquote, exists, um, but not really. They've almost completely moved out of smartphones, except for like weird fringe, hell, like crazy cheap smartphones that you find, and they're they're putting more. Um, effort into things like Amazon Echo devices and they're in the Peloton and MediaTek is kind of like powering things that are that are smart devices but are not smartphones. Um, and so anyway, that's why we're seeing all these rumors that things like the Pixel 5, regular Pixel 5, not even just 4a, might have a Snapdragon 765. And it it's a weird thing because I think that most Android users focus too much way too much on specs. Um, you could buy any Android phone from the last like three years, probably eight, Snapdragon 845 and on, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference in terms of you know performance. Um, it, it's so weird when I'm doing a review and especially in the written review, you know, we have to talk about performance. Who cares about benchmarks and who cares about performance? Because there's no there's no perceivable everyday use difference. And I'm getting real tired of having to say, I didn't notice any hiccups in performance in every single review that I do, right? Um, but the big thing for the iPhone SE is that that's a new chipset that, and you know that that phone is going to be supported for you know three-ish years. One of the big talking points that I saw, I, I just published my hands-on with the Motorola Edge Plus yesterday, which is Motorola's like, re-foray into the flagship space if you omit the the razor which isn't really a flagship anyway um and a big thing that a lot of people were saying is like you get one guaranteed android update like motorola is like we'll update this to android 11 but that's all we're promising and spending a thousand bucks on a phone and only being promised support for a year when you could buy a 400 iphone which most people who are not enthusiasts would prefer to have an iPhone. <laughs> um, the reason people chose Android in the first place was, you know, enthusiastness and customization and ROM flashing, but that doesn't exist anymore, really. I mean, it does, but, like, not really. Uh, and so I, I honestly think that, especially right now, that, like, kind of echoing what Brandon was saying, we're in a, we're starting to be in a recession. We're going into a big recession. Android phones are more expensive than they have ever been. And then Apple just like comes out and just like, here's a $400 iPhone. Like what is anybody supposed to do? <laughs> the only viable option is for an Android manufacturer like Google to put in uh, Snapdragon 765 or 765 G in their phone and then try to sell it for like $600, $700. Even then, still more expensive than the iPhone by a couple hundred bucks. It's like, 
it's it's showing how much every single Android manufacturer relies on Qualcomm. And in just basic economics, relying your entire supply chain on one supplier is a horrible idea. And that's why Google um, making their own chip, which is apparently in the works, is really important. Um, I mean, the problem with that is it could lead to fragmentation. We saw that with uh, Intel. Um, disclosure, I used to work there, but uh, we, we used to make a mobile chip. And it failed spectacularly because it was based on uh, x86. It, like, it was based on like what Intel CPUs are based on. <laughs> and because of that, Android apps just didn't run correctly because they are based on ARM. And so, you know, Google is going to have an up- uphill battle as well. But relying your, again, relying your entire supply chain on one supplier, very bad idea. So... That being said, <laughs> I think the iPhone SE is going to completely wreck the entire market, and we're going to see a weird, we're going to see a weird reset. Um, people need to change their priorities because, like, again, why would you buy a thousand dollar phone when one, you're in the middle of a recession, and two, an iPhone that lasts for three years versus your phone's one year, not last for, but is supported for three years, uh, is four hundred dollars. <laughs> That's all. I couldn't agree with you more, David. <laughs> and I, I think it'll be kind of it'll be interesting if like once they have the next whatever quarterly earnings whatever after this phone came out to see how sales were on it because it's obviously a weird time to sell a phone in general um and I've, and of course we live in a bubble that seems like every tech person just pre-ordered it and bought it to make a video or whatever and the videos are obviously performing well too um but it'll also be a cool way to showcase that like maybe people don't care so much about edge-to-edge displays like we do in this like tech niche Maybe people do want home buttons and all this kind of stuff, and they don't care about two cameras and LiDAR and all this kind of crazy stuff that all these flagships have now and wireless charging, all these all these things, rapid charging even. Uh, the things come with a 5-watt lightning cable, and like everyone's saying we're going to move all the way to USB-C. This, this is a brand-new lightning phone that just came out. Like That's a whole other thing to talk about. Uh, but again, the, the, we're in that bubble where it's like we feel like we need the top spec. Everything has to be the best. And meanwhile, like 95% of people probably just need an iPhone 8 or an SE2, yeah. essentially. I mean, even I, I'm I personally using them. Think... Go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> even I'm using them. And even I, I'm just like, okay, there's all these features and stuff, but I don't, it doesn't do anything for me. It's just there. And I know that I paid for it now. Um, so what's the benefit of having all these different things? And uh, I mean, I, I've, I've been in the spot where all I could afford was those Nexus phones, the Android Nexus phones back in the day, because they were the cheapest ones they have. I could not afford a flagship device at all. And so I really empathize with the average consumer. And I, I think this year, like it's kind of giving me a bit of a inspiration and drive to, to do a flagship versus budget, you know, type of um, comparison over and over and over again to change people's perceptions of what they actually need. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally think like ecosystem lock. I think ecosystem lock is what people care about more. Sorry, I was I was muted and I didn't even realize it. So, um, yeah, I, sorry, I muted I muted you to kill the whistle. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, sorry, no, sorry. I, I forgot to cancel myself there. Um, like people buy into an ecosystem. I don't think that even you know general consumers especially don't really care about like these special features because we haven't we haven't really had a killer smartphone feature that you could say i need this to be in my next phone otherwise i'm not buying it 
I don't think there has been one of those for a while. And because of that, you know, people buy what they're used to. They buy into the app ecosystem. Like apps make platforms. And that's exactly the reason why Intel's platform didn't work. It's exactly the reason why like every platform that pops up that doesn't support the stuff you use is just going to die. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it, people are going to like my mom, for example, she's using an iPhone eight when she inevitably breaks her screen for the fifth time. And I'm tired of replacing her screen. I'm just going to tell her to go buy an iPhone SE because she's, you know, she's, almost 60. And I would like to think that she would probably prefer to keep what she knows and use the home button, uh, than, than be forced to move on to the face ID type of thing. And she doesn't care about an LCD versus an OLED or a, you know, a full screen display versus one that has bezels. Like she really does not care. And I think that most people are like that. They just, they care that their apps that they use are on their device and that the the OS works the way they're used to. Um, and that's, that's almost it. And like Brandon was saying, I think we really need to start trying to show people that specs don't really matter. Like if you have enough Ram, like we saw this as a huge issue with the pixel three where it had four gigs of Ram and it would just drop apps out of memory constantly because it <laughs> you need it about five or six gigs to really support Android to its fullest potential. Um, but once you have like the minimum requirement to run smoothly, there's such a barrier between this is unusable and I want to use, you know, this is better. You just, you can't really tell the difference. And so now even reviewing Android phones has become really weird. It's become a, there's like narratives about like the history of the company. And then there's, you know, like you're really buying into the, like OnePlus, for example, they make this. UI that a lot of people really like. And you can almost call an Android, um, like a, a version of Android, its own OS in a way. Like OnePlus Oxygen OS is kind of an OS. And like One UI on Samsung is kind of a, an OS. And so you're kind of buying a phone based on like the stock manufacturer skin now since they all perform the same, <laughs> which is funny because that used to be the opposite of what you bought an Android phone for because you could just flash whatever ROM you wanted on whatever phone you wanted. Um, anyway, we're in a post-ROM society pretty much. So that that's kind of the case now. I'll meet myself. Well then, the, the, well, then the idea is then like, well, with the iPhone SE just becoming this like cheap option with flagship specs and whatever, there's a case to be made that like that's some dystopian weird future where just everyone's locked into Apple's ecosystem, which is a whole other problem, right? <laughs> you think we're not there? Like, <laughs> I mean, we are, we are for sure. And, like, I, I feel trapped by it too because like, don't get me wrong, I've loved the Android phones that I've used. My last one was the Pixel 2 and I've played with the ones ever since and I love them. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm just so tied into the Apple Watch and iMessage and all that crap for the most part that i can't really budge away from it like the idea of me even thinking of grabbing a oneplus phone no matter how good it is like the thought of putting my sim card in it and like deactivating iMessage is just it's not worth whatever the greatest feature they could possibly come out with right now which is it's i don't know if it's scary or it's stupid or whatever but like it's nuts that they've got people locked like this and like think about how many more people they're going to get now they're going to ditch their old samsung whatever or an HTC, whatever the hell they're using to go to an iPhone SE two. And then now they're in the ecosystem. Yeah. yeah. 
And now they're in this iMessage ecosystem so that moving forward, yeah, maybe they might buy the next iPhone 14 or 13 Pro or whatever it is when they're like, oh, I love iPhones. And yeah, I do want this new feature with all this, whatever they're going to come out with. And like, it's it's wild. And, you know, Mark has like MKBHD said something kind of interesting in his SE2 review where it's like, I don't know if there, he said that he doesn't think there's another Android manufacturer that could do what Apple did with this phone because they don't have the infrastructure of even the body. Like they don't have the chassis. They don't have the manufacturing for it to be able to put such like high quality chips and all and cameras and all that kind of stuff in it because they've they every year they dish a body style and they start from scratch, it seems. Like there's not really a form factor, even at the Pixel. Like, God, why didn't they stick with the Pixel One form factor and just move from there? It's like every Pixel is almost entirely different. It's a whole new phone. The whole market, I hope, shifts from this point, being like, hey, maybe we're looking at this very wrong. Maybe we do need to make a long-term phone and p- build an ecosystem and build build all these apps and all this kind of stuff. Like I kind of blame Google for it all, to be yeah. honest. And I know it's not entirely their fault, but it feels like it always falls back on them. It's a little bit their fault because when features are are put into individual Android skins, Google eventually makes it just an, an uh, Android feature in AOSP. So by doing that, it's like, cool, that's good because then everyone can use it, but it also kind of gets rid of differentiation. Um, and by, you know, Apple, for example, will swallow other things and keep it for themselves. Uh, Google trying to be the person that makes the OS and then also provides that OS to all of its competitors, except for Apple puts it in a really weird position because it is basically giving other manufacturers free, uh, free coding by putting these features in AOSP, you know, screen recording or, you know, uh, the night light function or whatever, all, all that kind of stuff. Whereas like, you know, Apple just bought a weather apps just kind of out of spite. So it could take it off the, the, the app, the uh, Google play store. So it's like, and Apple has iMessage and it has, you know, FaceTime and the amount of people that say like, do you want to FaceTime later instead of video chat is like wild to me. Um, but it, it just, Apple has so many things that you cannot get unless you are in the iPhone ecosystem. It's not the iOS ecosystem. It's the iPhone slash iPad ecosystem. Um, whereas Google, it's like, you know, every phone is going to be, a little bit different. So it's, it's why like, you know, RCS Google's trying with it, but unless you can get everybody on Android messages, it's not really going to work. Um, everything they do is hacky because they make the software, but they also make hardware now. And that's just not really a good position to be in. If you're going to provide that software to other people, like imagine if Apple let other manufacturers put ios on devices it would just get so weird (laughs) would get so weird and they also are not really organized uh they seem to be inconsistent with themselves they don't have the kind of uh boldness that apple has to just force everyone to use a certain version of messenger so like with with ios it's just iMessage. this is what you get you deal with it carriers you deal with it this is how it is uh but google was like oh we'll we'll make this messenger platform over here and then uh this other team will will make a a competing one with its you know with the other department at google it just makes no sense yeah it's just that their their management structure is completely different like they on purpose 
move people out of departments um, almost on like a monthly basis just because they don't want there to be, they want to keep springing up new ideas from new people and they don't want there to be any sort of like um, hierarchy problems where some one, one dude's in charge of one thing for like 10 years. They just want to keep moving it around. And that's great for innovation. We've seen Google make incredible stuff. Like it's software and it's AI is like insane. But in terms of like, products that you can sell um their shelf life doesn't exist because they shift people around so much and the easiest way to get a promotion at google is to launch a product so you launch a product a chat app is the easiest thing to make um (laughs) and then you go to another team and it's dead so it's it's a little sad yeah I see two hands up, but I don't know if uh, people are using the hands. Uh, wait, oh, wait, 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 Aaron. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, with regards to that, and especially with Google, um, it seems like Google caters more towards the developers than the end users when it comes to um, having like consistent uh, software structure. Um, in regards to the... Um, the answer to the iPhone SE2 right now is like, I won't be looking at Google for the answer. I'm literally going to be looking more towards OnePlus because they were the one company that started off of being the cheap manufacturer um, of Android phones. And I don't think Google would create a $400 or $500 phone um, like with top notch specs uh when oneplus has been doing that for years now um so i just wanted to add that two cents well what's interesting about that is like it feels like the whole market's flipped because it's like pixel was or the 3a was supposed to be like the first time someone's able to buy a sub 500 or whatever it was at the time like kind of flagship phone for the most part it had a lot of the features of the regular pixel 3 the great camera all that kind of stuff it definitely locked in other areas but then now you got OnePlus coming out with basically a flagship phone that's like a thousand bucks. And so like they were the chosen one, you know what I mean? Like the, 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 what's it called? The Star Wars meme. It's like, you were the chosen one. You were supposed to be the ones that were supposed to be the flagship killer. And now you've become the flagship yourself. And so like, that's the whole market right now. In, in this like couple of weeks, it's like, it's just entirely shifted and flipped. So I don't know if it's going to be like what the Pixel 4a ends up being. And I'm sure there's enough leaks of it already that we already know what it is anyway. So it's like, maybe that's not the one. But it'll be interesting to see what all these manufacturers do in the fall or early next year, I guess, right? Because Apple's going to do new phones in the fall. So that'll mm-hmm. be a whole other thing. And that'll be interesting to see how, like, you know, are people going to want to buy a $1,200 iPhone 12 Pro in September? I don't, I can't see myself going to do that. Like, probably not, right? And, like, do they shift their market? Do they move stuff? Do they now start doing stuff in the spring? Like, what's, what's going to happen with Apple's flagships moving forward? Like, the whole phone market's been a mess for a little while, in my opinion, just because we've just seemed to have just leaned mostly into the camera for specs and what people are excited about with the next one and kind of small incremental updates with everything else. So, but this, again, this is supposed to also be the redesign for the iPhone, right? It's going to go back to some new form factor. And we've been dealing with basically an iPhone 6 for the last like five years in various iterations with new things. But now we're going to get a new body style. And I'm excited, of course, but not in today's climate and not in today's economy either. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I feel like listening into this conversation between mostly David and Brandon and 
Wayne chipping in. I feel like I've become a more conscious tech consumer, even though I'm not even in the market for a new phone. <laughs> that's good to hear, that's, I suppose. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I write about all day, so I'm glad it's working. <laughs> Hell yeah. These, these conversations either end up something about cameras and making videos or about smartphones and technology at some point. We either go like down two paths. You talk rant about film photography? Always. <laughs> <laughs> and JPEGs. <laughs> yeah, I'm the JPEG guy still. <laughs> but do you screenshot a video for your thumbnail and all your other photos like I do? <laughs> Damn. I've had I've had so many clients that like I'll send a content calendar to like they got to post on Facebook or Instagram or whatever and they just screenshot the keynote and it just you can see the post go live and it's like this pixelated mess and it's got like the borders of the keynote presentation because they just screenshot it and that's what I always think about when I screenshot something and like use it for a thumbnail or a tweet or something I'm becoming the problem that I hate. <laughs> I just need to get better. <laughs> it's a bad excuse, it, but it's getting me it's gotten me this far. So you know. Speaking of tech and uh, all this stuff, to wrap it up, uh, I'm going to go with a content reco and we'll maybe go around the, the room or the, I guess it's a room. We'll go around the room saying what people are watching. And I think I think a lot of people here maybe have already seen it, but Devs was amazing and it's finished up now. It's by Alex Garland, who also did Ex Machina uh, and Annihilation. He also wrote the movie Sunshine, which was directed by Danny Boyle, which was pretty good as well. Uh, but devs basically centers around a crazy AI system. And I don't want to say anything more than that, but it was a fascinating mind fuck of a show. It's about eight episodes, I believe. And I'm still thinking about it constantly so much so that I probably will watch the season again uh, very shortly. I Anybody found else? out that I have FX, by the way. And I, yes. or not FX, I have Hulu because Fisher has it. Yes. And I have convinced Fisher to allow us to watch it. So. <laughs> You will th- I think you will thoroughly enjoy it. it. It's got a lot of commentary just on the tech world itself and where we're kind of heading and whatnot, but it's, it's really going to trip you, trip you the hell out. Yeah, I've been wanting to see it. Especially, it has a lot of actors that I recognize. Like, I actually just finished watching The Newsroom, um, which is a fantastic show, by the way, and one of the main characters in that is also in devs. So, I guess with that, I'll Other- move into my recommendation. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, please. Um, so I have had a little bit of, I wouldn't say like more more downtime than usual necessarily, but instead of, you know, going out um, to see my friends in the evenings and on weekends, I'm inside. Uh, so I've been reading a little bit more and there's a book that I've owned for multiple years that I just haven't read yet. Um, but it's called... Uh, crap. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, Light and Magic, I think. Uh, one sec. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm Googling, ah, oh, crap, Light and Magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to have to find that. I might be mixing it up with Industrial Light and Magic. But anyway, uh, it's a book on, it's kind of a physics textbook in a way, but it's also about photography. Um, And it's very interesting because it puts into perspective, like, the way that light works on things, which you probably already know, but it it just, it talks about it in a very different way and, like, how that translates to your camera. Um, So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll find it and then tell you guys at the end of the show. (laughs) 
I, be- I believe it's called Light Science and Magic. Yes, that's that familiar. That's it. Light Science and Magic. Sweet. It's kind of long, and it's Sweet. it's it probably it kind of looks like a textbook because that's four hundred pages, but it's uh, it's very very good. Recommend it. That's awesome. Anybody else? Uh, I've yeah, been watching uh, a little. Oh, you go first. You go first. um yeah i have been watching better call saul and it's incredible um somehow you know a prequel is is better than the original in many ways um just really shocked at what they're doing and for the first time ever um i'm going to check out the book doom or dune rather um so i just downloaded it for audible and i'm hoping to get a a good listen to that before the movie comes out It's always fun, actually. I like watch, reading a book before the movie comes out. I, I, sometimes it makes the movie better or worse, but I, for some reason, I like knowing the story kind of going in. And I love uh, Demi Villain, however you pronounce his name. Like He's one of my favorite directors right now. Absolutely. Uh, Spencer and I, Sakurai and I, were talking about Deacons and Prisoners and, Ara- and Sicario and everything the other day. Like Deacons and, and uh, Denis is just like the best thing ever. It's an awesome combo. I second that. Uh, if I want to segue into my content recommendation i stumbled on a youtube channel this week uh, called omeletto so it's like omelette but it, instead of e double t e it ends with e t o and they basically upload short films from all over the world uh so ranging anywhere from like five to i don't know 30 minutes uh and there's people are making some really really good short films that you just don't you know you don't see those unless you go to all these film festivals that these uh pieces get entered into so I would highly recommend checking those out because there's some absolutely amazing cinematography, storytelling going on uh, that isn't getting enough attention. So I'd highly recommend checking that out. I'll second that. That channel is really awesome. John, what are you watching? All right. I was about to go, but I wasn't sure if Kevin was talking. So um, I have been, uh, I've been watching some stuff on Amaletto, uh, film shortage. I mostly just been kind of like looking for some independent stuff, uh, short films, things like that. Um, been trying out Quibi, not as, not as much as I'd like. Um, that's how you pronounce it, right? Quibi, Quibi. Um, so I've been checking that out a little bit, trying to see some content on there. I think it's pretty interesting. Um, how the content is produced both for vertical and horizontal, just kind of like just uh, I'm, I'm mostly watching it as like a, a case study, just kind of like studying uh, their approach and their marketing. Um, but Quibi has some interesting stuff on there. Um, but yeah, mostly just short films. I don't I haven't really been watching any. I feel like I've watched all of Netflix's catalog and everything else. So I don't really have anything to recommend. Um, but yeah. John, you need to release uh, your NASA exploration short film idea. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, with credit to you, of course, because you, you gave me that idea. Um, That's so funny. I, I've been meaning to get on that and that other thing that we discussed. So, yeah. <laughs> Aaron. Oh, actually, Aaron, you went. Uh, Wayne, what are you watching? I guess for me, for those that don't know, I'm a fan of thriller and horror movies. Um, so right now I am like rewatching, uh, Battle Royale. Um, for those that don't know, say Japanese, um, it used, uh, started as a Japanese night light novel, then turned to a movie. Um, essentially it was the Hunger Games before it was Hunger Games. And essentially, um, 
similar to the Battle Royale game mode you see in Fortnite, um, is a bunch of students, uh, I think it was like 40 students, who are put on the island and set to kill each other. Um, I recommend it highly as a cult classic. In addition, um, I'm going back to watching uh, Train to Busan, um, which is another thriller zombie type of flick, um, because I am getting my body prepared for Peninsula that comes out, I believe, sometime uh, later this year, maybe, hopefully. But yeah, definitely recommend those uh, movies. I'm going to check Battle Royale. Train to Busan is awesome. That's a great one. Yeah, I, I too also love like horror movies and classic ones and old ones and thrillers and all that kind of stuff. Change of Sense are good. Do you guys see they're, they're doing a Snowpiercer show? Yeah. I don't know who asked for that, but they're doing a Snowpiercer <laughs> <Yeah>. show now. <laughs> I still haven't seen uh, the movie. You should. The movie's actually really good. It's a super, super underrated, uh, I guess you, a sci-fi kind of film. Yeah, it's, it's, it's its own thing. It's really, really good though. Chris Evans is in it. It's a really interesting story. It, I just don't think it needed a show and I don't know. I probably will watch it out of curiosity, but I have a high, strong feeling that it's not going to be very good. (laughs) Kevin, what are you watching? Um, I haven't really watched anything recently. Um, I'm going to have to jump out of the convo because there's a lot of craziness going outside my apartment right now. Um, So I'll talk to you guys on Twitter. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye, Kevin. Thanks. Emilio, what are you watching? Okay, I second what Bradon said, Better Call Saul, because Los Pollos Hermanos, my God, you know, it's 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 a strong connection with Breaking Bad and all the prequel of what was going on. And I'm I'm not talking about the meth that David was uh, cooking earlier. And uh, I <laughs> <laughs> good callback. That's a great callback. Uh, I'm um, I'm also watching MasterChef, but we already said that. And uh, they had to get away with Murderer, which, by the way, if you haven't seen that show, I'm telling oh you, the, my finale, God. the finale of this oh show. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They changed, like, everything. Like, when you were like, yeah, yeah, okay, I've seen everything. I know what's going on. I know what's going to happen. You don't know anything on <laughs> this show. Amazing. Well, friends, I hope you had a good time on Thursday Thursday again. I know a lot of everybody looks forward to this, and of course I do as well. And uh, we'll be back again next Thursday at 4.30 Eastern, and I look forward to going on Twitter and seeing all the people that were upset that they missed the link somehow. (laughs) Stay safe. I say every single time. I say every time how to get it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I've seen that. It's like, we're we're playing, but it's like, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but again, always housekeeping. Just leave this chat open and everything will upload. Uh, but other than that, we'll see you guys on Twitter and you can chat here or kind of do whatever you want to do. I'm going to put some music on and we'll just hang out. Right. I'm going to stop the recording now. Yeah.